Hi everyone, today is January 6, 2019, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. Happy New Year. It's 2019 in Duel Links. Uh, the new box came out for New Year's, I think New Year's Eve, and uh, we talked about the cards last time, and it's funny, um, uh, new cards immediately had an impact on the meta. We're seeing them on the ladder, we're seeing them on tournaments, Um in addition to that, we've got a bunch of things going on. We finished up the Duelist Chronicles event. Spunky Jaden is back as well. And this episode, we're going to talk about some new cards we're seeing and also um, the two new archetypes from that box we just mentioned. So, um, lot to cover here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should have um, more strongly emphasized that because I wasn't buying the new box it was pretty much guaranteed that it would have an impact on the meta because that's how it always happens. So um, just keep that in mind for future sets. And uh, whenever uh, yeah. I'm not buying a box, it's probably going to be a good one. And also, uh, I mentioned, I think I spent most of the time saying how good Fabled's were. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they didn't even show up. It's the other two archetypes we didn't, I didn't really understand. So that's what happened. Well, there you go. Your source, your material experts here. So, yep, we're correcting it this week, and we're going to talk about how good those decks are and how basically the basics of those decks. Um, yep. So, deck tech, where are you this week? Uh, so, I the reason why we were postponed this week was because I had a big thing in real life here at my place, and uh, so we spent all week. Kind of just whenever I got home from work, I would usually be running errands or cleaning up or prepping for it. Um, And then all of yesterday was spent doing like final preparations and then the event. And uh, so I haven't been able to play a ton, but I really like the rank rewards for this month. And so I did try to sneak in some games on the ladder. I've been using uh, Masked Heroes in that time because it's one of the better decks that I have and because I want to level up Akiza because I want the, or not specifically to level her up, but I want the uh, the skill, what grows in the graveyard. And still haven't gotten it, which is a bit of a bummer, but I'm doing okay on the ladder, having fun. So and now that that event's over, I'm probably going to be able to, hopefully be able to play a little bit more and and have something cool to talk about next week or something what about you what's up i hit king of games um in december it was pretty much what yeah king of games um (laughs) there's actually a fun fact about this king of games um it was my six overall and i realized i had three with machines and three with zombies so if there's some you know Zombie machine thing going on. I'm jumping on. But, um, I hit it the day before New Year's Eve, so it's like the night of December 30th or whatever. So, frankly, it was not very competitive. <laughs> uh, and I did it in 96 games. Uh, that's not accounting to all the games I spent playing Tristan Vampires, uh, which got me to Legend, but that was pretty much the Platinum uh, round. Um, and I guess I'll talk about that. Um, actually, first I'll talk about... Um, I also spent all my gems. After the King of Games, when the new box came out, I spent all my gems. I bought through the new box once, and then a little more. 
And that was all my gems. And it was kind of funny, the last... I was missing one of the, the tuners, the Karakuri tuners. And I had 400 gems. And usually I buy them in 500 gems. I, I never, you know, buy 8 packs. But I bought 8 packs... And the Karakuri tuner was in the last pack. Like, I literally could not have played it had I had I not had that last pack. So, it finally nice. got me enough cards to play the deck. And I think I played... F- I think I lost a promotion match to five yesterday. So, I'm still in four. I played four right now. But, um, it's doing decently. So, I'm going to keep playing Karakuri's um, this month. See how it goes. Cool. Uh, now I'm going to talk about the King of Games report, and this deck, if you hadn't seen on Twitter, is a Synchro Vampire deck. And Previously, I played a Vampire deck, but that one had Jinzo in it, I believe. And a couple months later, I have this one with Junk Synchron instead. So there's one... First of all, you use the Akiza skill. I have the Akiza skill, what grows in the graveyard, so typically the goal is to have Junk Synchron out, you get the two out, and then you have Armadides. And... There's only one Junk Synchron, so it's not really a true, you know, I'm all in on Synchro's deck. It's just one card out of 22 cards in my deck. So um, it's an option, not the win condition, and typically it's just a Vampire deck. Um, I do uh, state that Junk Berserker came out uh, second most important in the Synchro list. It did win me some games, obviously, just by subtracting attack. And um, Ancient Fairy Dragon I did use a few times with to deal with UAs, I think. Stardust Dragon I may have used once or twice. Gigantic Castle I never used at all. Um, those were the other cards that were in the extra deck that filled it out. And um, So I run all the core Vampire cards, but I don't have Vampire's Desire. I have said in the past that this is the Vampire card I don't like the most. And that's probably because I don't know how to use it the right way, but it was cut from my deck. And I do have two copies of Grace uh, previous. King of Games deck only had one of each monster, but this one has two graces. And basically, I was going all in with grace. I used Samurai Skull to dump grace. I mean, to dump a retainer. And then I used uh, the retainer to bring back, and I dumped the grace for the Vampire Takeover. And then I tried to get grace out during my opponent's end phase. So I could use the ability immediately. Instead of instead of the grace getting hit by a, a Paleozoic Canadian when I try to normal summon it or something. So... It's going all in there, and sometimes I got it out earlier. Uh, Vampire Takeover doesn't activate if you have no monsters on the board, so if they clear my two monsters, my grace can't come out at all, so sometimes I just do it, and it's okay if it dies because I have another one in my deck, so that was the goal, and I used Grimson a lot less because I was using grace more. I, uh, in my previous King of Games deck, I said how Grimson was the best card. Now it's kind of like a third fiddle now, um, and uh, Vampire Vamp was even better, actually, because people got those 2,000 attack monsters really fast with the Blue Eyes decks. So that was pretty much an auto win when I got when they played that, and I got the Vamp immediately. So um, very good in that last month's meta. Another important decision I made: I originally had two Econs. I switched over to two Hey Trunades, and then I finally ended the deck with one each. Um, this deck I bricked a lot actually. I off sometimes my hand was just all of my tribute monsters and, and a trunade, so I lost games like that. And the econ kind of settled that. And finally, I had two mirror walls as my back row, which plays around trunade. and even Armadides. Nice, yeah. 
That is all. Good. Well, that's awesome, dude. Congrats. Um, obviously, I did not do nearly as well. I played, you said you had like 97 wins. I had like 10 at the end of the month. Well, I had I had 96, and then I was like, screw it. I only have four more games. So I played four King of Games games to get the UR ticket. <laughs> I ended up exactly 100. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would have. At that point, you might as well. So, we're going to talk about the new Meta Weekly, the first Meta Weekly of the year, number 53. This happened on January 1st, and the box came out the day before, and they immediately had an impact. Koaki Meiru became the most... Uh, they're tied with Control, 15 card, fifteen decks out of 85. But in the top 32, they led the way, 9 decks out of 32. Uh, so, Koaki Meiru's our number one representation... Control decks, vampires, heroes are also here. Karakuris came in, but not as strong as Kawaki Meiru's, but they did have a pretty good impact as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think it's an impressive showing. They had, uh, let's see, it says eight um, people in the total deck breakdown, and then they brought three of those into the top 32, so um, obviously not quite as good, but that's still something still impressive for a first-week showing uh, for an archetype. It's it's always hard to tell how much is just because people don't know how to play against it, so it's going to go away over time, versus the uh, the flip side where the deck is not yet refined and it actually gets more powerful over time as people figure out how to make it better. So we'll see how it ends up for both of these decks, but uh, both of them were off to a good start, at least in terms of uh, representation. Yeah, and if... They didn't do anything to the tier list because I think they're waiting for a bigger sample size. But from what I could tell, Kawaki Meiru would be slotted into tier one, and Karakuri would be like a three, just from like the the demarcation and how well they did here, and also in the King of Games in this community specifically. They they have like a different power level, from what I could tell. Yeah, I think I would probably uh, I would have the same guess. Like you said, I, they're probably waiting to get a little bit more data, and then that might change how they feel about it one way or the other but that seems to be where they're panning out i would be very surprised if we if these results weren't enough to make them think tier one um if we continue to get results like these i mean where they're having number one representation and then number one representation in the top 32 and spoiler alert also doing super well in the top four so uh, this is definitely a deck to beat um, at least in the immediate future, we'll see how, like I said, how it develops. Yep. And it's just really crowded right now. There's the old archetypes that aren't going away, and then there's these two new ones. That's so very, it's interesting. That's it's a very interesting time. Yeah. Um, first place, Bren Duke, Balance, Kwaki, Meiru. So, uh, Balance makes a lot of sense because they run three Iron Cores and three of the new Diamond Cores. So they're, Almost guaranteed one of these spell cards. And um, they have this deck ha- has most of the old monsters, so it's Sandman, Urnwright, and Maximus. And in the sideboard, there's the two new ones, Rooklord and Wall. Um, has one copy of Korra Reinforcement. I've seen a lot more of this card. I mean, I've seen like twos and threes in other decks. And there's also seems to be a flex spot in the Kowaki Meru, so this one has a prototype instead here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can use the level 4 lower ones, you can tutor them out with the Urnite, or Urnite, and so 
you can kind of just have the one ofs with the Sandman and this flex spot um, because the Urnite and the Maximus are kind of the ones that you're relying on most. Um, and then, like you said, the balance works because you have those six spells, so you're going to get one of them, and then you just kind of... You can put more reinforcements, uh, depending on how you build your deck, uh, as we're about to see in a sec, and then you kind of just got some of those powerful traps that we use to control the board a little bit as well, so... Um, that's we're going to talk about the deck, like you said, in the uh, dual school a little bit more, but that's kind of one of the strengths of it is that it has some plays on all levels where it has some of those defensive plays, it has some of the comeback mechanics with the um, core reinforcement, has a lot of burst with the dragon and um, with the special summons from Urn Knight and stuff, but also you can just kind of play Urn Knight and get a special summon and kind of just have solid... Um, kind of like mid-rangey type plays, depending on how you draw your hand and everything. Yeah. Second place, Grimjow, last gamble, Kawakimeru. This is similar to a deck I faced last night. It looks similar to it. The Melody of Awakening Dragon can get you your two uh, Maximuses immediately into your hand. There's Hey True Nades. There are the six cores as well, three core reinforcements, and then the flex spot has the Kawakimeru Ice. Yeah, so this one's fun because he's using the Last Gamble um, and the Melody of Awakening Dragon. He's using the three core reinforcements, so it's a little bit more of like a reanimator burst combo style one. Has a little bit less of the kind of mid range and definitely a lot less of the control aspects that we were talking about above. But it seems a lot burstier, a lot more of a OTK type feel. So it'll be interesting to see which of those two kind of gets a little more traction, sees more play. And it's interesting, both of the decks have the Reckon Power in the sideboard. Like I'm wondering, I guess they they would use those against those extreme control archetypes. Um, but Hey Trune kind of does the same thing, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, only one of them even runs the Hey Trune, so. I, I know that I faced the deck, I think just once, but once or twice um, in those few games that I played on the ladder, and the Maximus does a little bit of that work too, because you can destroy one card per turn, and uh, so that was kind of, that was something, you know, cleared a little bit of the back row, so you maybe didn't feel like you needed as much, but I could definitely see it being a lot more important in Grimjaw's list because of that OTK nature where you really want to make sure that you're clearing some stuff. Um, I do note, of course, that if you're running Hey Trunade with traps, you need to kind of do that right <laughs> um, because right, you don't want to yeah. bounce your own trap and set yourself back a turn uh, unless you intend to or whatever. So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, if you play it first, of course, it doesn't bounce it because it only returns the set um, spells and traps, but just don't mess that up. Third place, Neji, Sealed Tombs, Destiny Heroes. Um, this looks like a, a bit of a regular list, but they do use uh, Offerings to the Doomed. It's starting to pop up in various decks, I think for Kowakimeru, but they do have the reinforcements, so I'm not really sure what it's targeting for. Um, and we are seeing the archetype evolve a little bit, but this seems like the older version to deal with the vampires because they have sealed tombs, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not 
sure either. It also, the Diamond Core protects against destroy effects, so yeah. I'm not sure if Offerings of the Doom is specifically for the Kowaku Meru. I think it's for other reasons. Uh, but yeah, this looks like a solid, kind of fairly standard list. I would probably just put two Synchro guys into this extra deck along with the Anki, just, I don't know, in case something weird happens and you somehow end up getting that. He doesn't run Econ, though, so it's a lot less likely, and it's probably not really a a main concern. Yeah, they're just telling you they're playing Masked Heroes when they have three. Exactly, yeah. There's that, too. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess he wasn't Make trying him to quit. It. Make him quit, yeah. Yeah. Skill shot. This is a very cool one. This is a Fields of the Warriors Mass Heroes deck, and this is the this is, seems like the first time we've seen Diamond Dude, and this was a card that we thought was really cool when we first talked about it, you know, over a year ago. But what it does is it excavates cards, and it could excavate a regular spell card, and it activates the card without its negative effects. So you could use you know the Into the Void, uh, Hey True Nade, and Storm in this deck. So. This one also has three uh, offerings to Doomed, because this deck draws really well with the Into the Voids. Very interesting. Yeah, so um, I've seen a couple t- attempts of trying to make Diamond Dude work. <clears throat> None of them have really seemed super successful, but this is really cool. I'd like to try it out, because I love that card. Alright, so that's the Meta Weekly. And now we are going to talk about there's different sets of new cards. Um, the first one we're going to talk about are the new ranked rewards. Uh, ranked duels have been updated, and you can also get other powerful cards like Giant Orc, Evil Swarm, or Lantern, Second Goblin, and even Lizard Soldier. Um, so the first card, Avenging Knight Parshaf, is a level 8 fairy synchro. One tuner plus one or more non-tuner light monster. So the the material has to be a light monster, but the tuner could be anything. 2600, 2100, once per turn, target a face-up monster your opponent controls, change its battle position. Uh, it has piercing. So, um, you know, this card, I know you have a history of this archetype, but I, I'm playing Karakuri Burai, and changing battle positions is actually pretty decent in this meta. Uh, the difference is this one has to target a face-up monster, so it's kind of flipping them to defense mostly. And um, I have found that hitting things, like there are certain cards that have really low defense, like Anki, so it is limited by light monsters, though. So it's not going to be used in every deck. Yeah, this seems like the type of, like you would just get one of them and put it into your list. You don't, you're not going to rely on it, you're not going to summon it multiple times, but every once in a while you're going to summon it. Um, if your deck works, of course, with it, where the materials are such that you're likely to get it out and not have issues with that. Uh, the flipping to defense seems, <clears throat> excuse me, seems fairly strong, especially since he has um, the the 2600 attack, right? So yep. that gets you over a lot of the big guys, including blue eyes and, of course, um, the Squawky Meru yeah. that we just talked about. So uh, I think that that's kind of an important stat break line right there that makes it something worth considering. And also, um, Cosmo Brain's 2450, I think? Something like yeah, that. It's l- yeah, it's less than 26 for sure. I don't remember what it actually is, but less than that. Eats all of them. Yes, exactly. Gem Turtle. 
Gem Dash Turtle. Four star rock. Uh, zero 2000 flip effect. It's a while since you've seen a flip effect, it feels like. You can add one Gem Knight fusion from your deck to your hand. So obviously, this is a Gem Knight uh, monster in the archetype. And this is, I think, I don't, I have never played the deck, but is this the first tutor effect for the fusion card? I think so. Yeah, it seems like it is. And yeah. it could, like, I've never played, so you could talk about it because you've played it, like, okay amount of the deck. It seems like it could lead to one turn kill potential because you're going to set this. Hopefully the four star can't hit through 2,000. You flip it over and then you use it for the fusion because you've got the card and you can make, like, two fusions, right? Um. Yeah, let me actually look it up because I forget. Well, no, I won't because that'll take too long. But, um, yeah, I played a lot of the deck. Um, it's kind of like a fun tier four deck, so I play it when I feel like playing it on the ladder. Um, and it's always been, uh, it's it's always been close. It feels like it's close, and it always has had that OTK potential as well. And this just feels like a solid card that could give it a little bit more consistency, and perhaps be enough to get there. I I probably not, but it could be. And I, this was one of the ones I was really excited to get just because I want to have that ability. Right now, the way the deck works is you rely pretty heavily on Grasslick's Greener because you use that to get the fusion material into your hand or the, the fusion card and also to activate the, I forget her name, the Lazuli or Lapuz, whatever, right, the little yeah. one uh, who she returns one of your other ones when she gets sent to the graveyard. And so if you mill her off the top, then that's good too. So you'll get a, a gem knight or two back into your hand, and then you can get rid of her to bring back, uh, banish her to get bring back the fusion card, and then you start the fusion chain. You can usually do like two or three fusions on the turn and just OTK people that way if it all works out. Um, it's a little bit fragile because you're using a lot of resources to get stuff out. So if they disrupt you in any way, then you could have just spent like three cards to get whatever widespread ruined or something um, or worse. Uh, but it's still fun and powerful, very bursty. And so I think there's some potential here and any new tools for it I'm excited about. So I'm definitely going to try this guy out. Depending on how, what the fusion materials are, because I, like I said, I don't remember them off the top of my head. Um, this may or may not be an issue because it's just called Gem Turtle instead of Gem Knight Turtle or whatever. Right. And I think some of them require like a Gem Knight monsters, so that might have been an intentional limitation on it to prevent it from being OP. Um, I'm not sure, but I still am interested in it, and I'm still going to try it out. Yeah, I, I, I myself was not sure if it counted as a gem knight. Like, I don't know what the fusion requirements were. Like, I just don't remember. Yeah, me neither. And I've played the deck. Um, but uh, I do still think it's fun and, and worth considering just to kind of give yourself that little extra consistency. The deck has a lot of ways you can build it, but it doesn't really have a ton of, like, just mandatory... Um, cards that you have to play so there's some spots to play with the deck for sure finally the r ticket is mist valley shaman three star 
Winged Beast Tuner, 1200-1200. Once per turn, you can return one other monster you control to your hand, have this card gain 500 attack until the end phase. So this card becoming 1700 isn't really important at all, so you could you know, kind of forget that effect. There might be something you could do where you're bouncing the cards to your hand and then just drawing more cards or something, I don't know. But it is a Winged Beast Tuner, and that's what the Black Wings all use. Uh, we haven't seen the Black Wings get any play, but here's another tuner, which is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you might as well, you're going to get the R tickets anyway, so you might as well have something new to use them on. Cool. Yep. Alright, so next, the main event this week is Spunky Jaden, he's back. Um, I actually didn't get all his rewards from last time, that's how much I cared about the event the first time, so... I'm kind of chasing down a bunch of these cards. I haven't actually farmed them either, so I'm just I've just been auto dueling. <laughs> you naughty boy. Um, I've I have a farm technique that I've been doing. Uh, I've been using the what's it called, Dark Paladin method. Right. I, I tweeted something out from the show's Twitter, so you guys can check it out there. I I apologize. I forget who. It was who um, who initially said it, but they had a couple lists. And the Dark Paladin is pretty much the same type of Dark Paladin thing that we've been doing, you know, forever since Dark Paladin has been a type of farm deck. Um, just get the pieces, and eventually it's bigger than anything he plays, and you can counter, you have to counter the fusions and a couple destruction spells, or else you end up losing your stuff. But if you do, then you just win uh, at the end using um, a vassal and a union attack. So it, it's fairly standard, fairly simple farm when it works. Uh, of course, it relies on you getting three specific cards. So you have to run lots of copies of, I have like the three um, of the knight and then the three searchers and the three polymerization and... Um, I guess the Dark Magician is kind of the one that's a little bit left out. But anyway, fairly standard list, fairly easy farm, although not the highest success rate because it does rely on you getting all of those cards in right. your starting hand. Right. The, uh, the Twitter account is from Duel Links Lounge, who, who oh. tweeted out that uh, farming deck. Yeah, I have a history of playing Dark Paladin decks when I did farm, and it was like a really special deck. And it was it was like a way to minimize uh, inconsistencies, but I haven't even used it, so no point in talking about it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about his new cards. Of course, this includes some of the cards I mentioned I didn't get last time, so these are some of the Chrysalis cards and uh, Electrum as well. So there's a couple of new ones, four new cards to be exact this time. The first one is Elemental Hero Divine Neos, 12-star, 2,500-2,500. I'm going to preface this by saying every week we seem to get an impossible card, and this one just, like, tops it all. (laughs) Like, it's just ridiculous. The most impossible of them all. Yeah, it's just, no, every time. Must be fusion summoned by using any five Neos, Neospace, Neospatian, or Hero monsters, including at least one Neos... One Neospace, no, one Neos or Neospace, one Neospatian, and one Hero Monster, and cannot be special summoned by any other way. You got that? That's clear? <laughs> yes. 
Once per turn, you can banish one Neos, one Neospace, uh, Neospatian, or Hero Monster from your graveyard. Discard gains 500 attack. Until the end phase, it gains the banished monster's effects. So this card basically uh, gains any gains any ability from any Neos, Neospace, Neospatian, or Hero Monster, and has 3,000 attack. Well, yeah, All it is. That's good. Once you can get it out. Or if you could ever get it out. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to need evidence to see this on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know how often that's going to happen. Like you said, it's clearly not the strongest. It, just because the limitation is so... It's such a huge limitation on getting this guy out that it's going to be almost impossible to actually make it work. Seems like just a meme deck thing. Or, or a challenge because some people specifically like decks that are impossible to pull off and just pulling off the impossible. So, you know, I would say it's kind of just not for us, not for anyone who's trying to make a competitive deck and more for people who want that kind of fun challenge meme thing. Uh, I did face someone who played a Jaden deck. I forget if it was uh, when I was going for King of Games or was it this month, but they were playing like one of each of his monsters. <laughs> Very hilarious. There you go. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't know how it's supposed to work, but okay. This one I actually like Elemental Hero Core, uh, fusion monster requiring three Elemental Heroes, twenty seven hundred, twenty two hundred must be fusion summoned. Cannot be special summoned other ways. Once per turn, when this card is targeted for an attack, you can make this card's attack double its current attack until the end of the damage step. At the end of the battle phase, if this card battled, you can target one monster on the field, destroy it. When this card is destroyed by battle or card effect, target one level 8 or lower. Elemental Hero Fusion in your graveyard special summon it, ignoring its conditions. So three monsters isn't isn't too difficult, I think, because you do have Miracle Fusion, so you could use the graveyard monsters as well. And there's no requirement on which ones you use. And its ability, its resurrection ability brings back the fusion monster, so... You probably did fuse two monsters in there in the graveyard, and then you just have one in your hand. So, I think this is the best elemental hero card we've seen. It just does a lot more than the other cards. It disrupts the board. It has that double its attack ability. It seems solid. Yeah, it protects itself. Yeah, seems pretty decent. Um, Space Gift. Normal spell, draw one card for each different Neospatian name on the monsters you control. This is this is interesting for the fact it counts names. So a card that counts as another monster would draw two cards. Um, so this could be some kind of like massive draw. If it's like a if it's a card that has many names, it would be pretty sweet. <laughs> a card has many names. <laughs> Usually it's two. Like they count as another one, so it's like two names. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. And. Contact. Normal spell. Send all Chrysalis monsters you control to the graveyard. Special summon one monster from your hand or deck that is written in the card text of those cards. So it seems like they have a theme with uh, names. That's kind of what these cards do. So it seems like a desperation play to get any new spatial out from your deck. A special summon from your deck type situation. Yeah. And, and that's a, a big cost. Uh, and also just not a big enough payoff, right? Because none of the Neospatians are super impressive. 
The sad thing is I don't really know what they do. Like, after all this time. I know the Glomos has, like, three abilities, but I can't name any of them. I just don't know what they do. <laughs> yeah, when I said that, I was hoping that you would just agree and that there would be some sort of just understanding that, yes, you're right, these cards must not be good because I don't actually remember what any of them do either. Yeah. Oh, no. Sad. All right. So then the Pick a Gift campaign brings two new cards. One of them is of the old archetype that never made it, the Vylon. So this is Vylon Delta. Seven-star Fairy Synchro, 1700, 2800. Requires a tuner and one or more non-tuner light monsters. So Kind of like Parshaft, where you needed the material to be light. Um, if this card is in face-up defense, during your end phase, you can add one equipped spell from your deck to your hand. Unlike other, well, it's it's kind of like Ancient Fairy Dragon, where you kind of want the card in defense mode, but you, you think of Synchros being faster in offensive monsters, this one you kind of want in defense, in 2800 defense, and then you tutor your equip spell. Um, as I mentioned, Vylons never really made it, so hopefully this helps them in that regard. Yeah, it's a... It's an interesting card. I ended up picking it just because it's a new card, and it's like, sure, yeah. why not? Um, but I'm not sure how much... It seems kind of just like a slow value play to me, where your intent is to get this guy out, and then you get an, an equip that makes him big the next turn, and then that next turn you get to attack with him, which is obviously not great. What you want him in is maybe abusing some of those equip cards that let you, I don't know, uh, disrupt your opponent's monsters, um, maybe do some weird big bang shot tricks, or um, the ones that just kind of stall your opponent's monsters out so they can't attack. I'm not sure. I don't see a specific use for it, but it's a new card, so I went for it. Yep. Another new card, Gen X Ally Chemister. Uh, two-star machine, tuner, 200-500. You can declare one attribute, discard, discard, to select one phase of Gen X monster you control. That monster becomes that, becomes that attribute. This effect can be activated during either player's turn. So this ability isn't really useful yet, because we don't really uh, mess around with attributes yet. We mess around with types sometimes, but not attributes. So it's not particularly useful, but it is that, uh, dark machine tuner. There are some cards that need that. Uh, I think the Gen X cards need um, machine tuners, so here we go. Yeah, and it's, like you said, we don't maybe care about it yet, but that's definitely design space that can be explored going forward, so it might become relevant at some point in the future. And it's a quick effect that you could do on your opponent's turn, so it's a, it's a tricky card. Yeah, it's always better than the inverse, so that's cool. Duelist Chronicles GX, it's still happening, contrary to what I thought. Um, <laughs> so the main thing to take away from this is you could grind it out for as many gems as you want, but don't you know burn yourself out doing that. Um, make sure you duel Yugi enough times, and he could be auto-dueled, so that's pretty good. Use your, uh, I don't know what those things are called, but those things, uh, duel him three times, and you'll get the skill. No, you have to beat him three times to get Miracle Draw. And then you fight them until you get all your gems, and then you'll just get to the coins, and that's that's when you know when you could stop. You could you could keep fighting them for coins, but that's when I stopped. So, uh, 
challenge tickets is what they're called. Have it open. I've just been uh been auto dueling it like the whole time because it's I called challenge it. tickets. Yeah, they're like urns. <laughs> they are urns. They're definitely not tickets. It might have just been a typo or something like from last time they did this event. Right. I don't know. I mean, like one of the axes in Japanese, so I'm not surprised <laughs> it's a typo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, so just to wrap up on it, the event was, it was fine. I liked it more at the start, but now it kind of, I think it went a little bit too long where it seems to have grown a a bit tedious. Um, and at this point I'm just kind of just trying to auto duel through everything. I mean, I was kind of doing that before, but just trying to get through it at this point. Um, but we did get a lot of value out of it. Yeah. Moderate amount of, uh, gems, which is always good. And then couple new cards and stuff so you know it was pretty good in terms of as far as events go yeah they've they've taken enough feedback i guess some people wanted it longer i guess that's why it's longer so that makes sense um and they put in a new event to take its place so that's all we could really care for i guess yeah and then uh as mentioned it gave miracle draw which gives you a pot of greed so as long as you have an elemental hero in your graveyard by your third turn yeah, which is um, kind of an interesting thing. It's a uh, it's a little bit of like kind of flashiness because they could very well have just said like draw an extra card, um, but instead they got to put pot of greed in the game. So uh, I think most of the time that's going to be pretty much equivalent. And uh, but you get to run pot of greed, so that's fun for the memes. Yeah, isn't it a plus two though? Because you're gonna draw it. Um, I don't know if it's well, added you draw, to your hand. I thought you draw the pot of greed instead of your normal draw. Right, and then you could just get two cards from there. Right, like a and free then you plus get two cards from pot of greed. So the, it's a minus still one. could have been just draw an extra card in your draw. Oh, an extra card, but yeah. They wanted... I mean, sometimes it is relevant. There's certain... I mean, obviously you can counter this uh, with a magic jammer or something, or there's other... Not that anyone runs magic jammer, but there's other cards as well. That care about spell books, yeah. You playing spells and whatnot, so it is. It's not completely irrelevant. You could even get it back, right? There's right. a couple cards that let you get spell cards back, so <laughs> you know there's a lot of value there. It's oh, fun. you could you could use it for the bamboo deck. Um, isn't uh, magical stone excavation? You get the magic card back. <laughs> so That's you keep true. Doing it. Yeah, yep, there you go. That's one of them. So hey, maybe new meta. I mean, people already have it, and it's kind of proven itself not to be new meta, but maybe new meta. Yep. I mean, Karkuris have a million Pot of Greeds in the deck, so I guess that's why they let it loose. It's going yeah. to be in the next box, watch. Oh the, my you, God. You, are in the, you are in the next mini box. That'd be hilarious. No, you're going to have to pay like $7 to get it. With the, with the new mat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alright, so... For the rest of this episode, we're going to open up the dual school again and talk about two new archetypes that made it. We can't say they made it, but they're here this week, and that's Kowaki Meru and Karakuri. Uh, we split it up just because I played Karakuri's and um, Tech Tech went the over other host. You, 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 <laughs> went o- you went over them last time, right? I think I gave them to you last time or something to go over in the Gaia Genesis yeah. box. Yeah. That and might be. 
Both of them have really like clunky names, so it's kind of annoying. But um, we'll talk about both. And as mentioned before, they are a state on the early running. They seem to be on different power levels. So our curries are currently weaker from what, from what I could see. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna talk about car curries. They seem viable. The first day, two people from Duelings Meta got King of Games with it, so it seems flashy, but I don't think anyone's got it since. <laughs> they all played Kwaki Meru's instead. How it works, and this is the first deck to rely on Synchros as the win condition. I think when we were going over that trap card that uses the monster as the Synchro, we were, I was saying how um, there's no deck that's really a Synchro deck, but this is the Synchro deck. They can't win with their monsters, just on their own. So mm-hmm. um as such they're using this deck always uses level augmentation. That seems to be the skill and luckily a number of GX uh, 5D's characters use it. So you could, you know, pick from four or five different characters. And how it works is the monster on the field gains uh levels or stars up to one in your hand. And that's useful for synchros for flexibility. So yeah, flexibility and, like, ramping, right? Uh, ramping for the synchros, yeah. Yeah. And the most important cards are Karakuri, Komachi, Model, 224, and Anishi, which is the um, tuner, the three-star tuner. And then the worker, Karakuri, Merchant, Model, 177, and Ashichi. Those are the two most important cards. And you have three of each in the deck. Um, so three plus two is five. So it's a good idea to have Armadides, Keeper of Boundaries, because that's, you know, the best single monster we have in the game. And mm-hmm. level augmentation comes in, you get a Merchant, you add another one to your hand, so it's two. And then you add two, so it's three plus four into seven. And that's what you use to get Karakuri Shogun Model 00 Burai. And that card has 2600 attack, you can special summon another monster from your deck. And that adds up to over 4,000. You could have other synchros as well. And you don't just have to use it for Burai. So sometimes they have face-down cards. You want to use Armadides instead. Or in the right situation, Stardust Dragon. I've found Stardust Dragon to be uh, played more than the Vampire deck. And... um, Junk Berserker doesn't work because you're not using Junk Synchron, so there's certain cards. I, I was I was telling Deck Tech how I couldn't find the right monster because I feel like Ancient Fairy Dragon was not doing enough, so we need another 7, and Lightning Warrior obviously is not good enough, so you kind of need another le- level 7 uh, Synchro. I'm, I'm trying to look for another level 7. Mm-hmm. And um, the deck's all about card advantage. That's the most important thing. Karakuri Anatomy is the Pot of Greed card that decks run two or three of. And once basically how the card works is once there are two counters on the card, you could send it to the graveyard to get draw two, or if it has one counter, you could send it to the graveyard to draw one. There are desperation plays where you need to draw one card instead of two when you're about to lose. So um, They change positions all the time, so every time one of your monsters changes positions, it would add a counter. And three merchants, three cash caches. You could tutor a bunch of stuff. Usually you want to use your merchant to get another merchant for the next turn. Or if you're trying to do some cool play, you get two anatomies out and then you draw four cards in a turn or something. Um, in addition to your tutors. 
So that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've had you know I've had like eight cards left in my deck on like the first turn. <laughs> I've done stuff like that. Um, because they draw so well, you could run offerings to the doomed. That's their main removal card. And um, I was saying hi, lost games because I didn't know offerings to the doom only hit face up cards, so I had to learn that the hard way. Um, oh no! Like you killed your own monster. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. kill their set. That I, yeah. Oops. And what you do is typically use the Burei to flip their monster. If it's set, you flip it face up, and then you use the offerings to the doom to clear it. And that's the main one turn kill ability. Hey, true nade, synchro summon to Burei, get a four star. Uh, that adds up to four thousand. That's it. That's Hopefully you don't draw your four-star monster so you can't special summon it, so that's why you usually have two. Um, and that's the one-turn kill of this of this uh, deck. And finally, this deck plays unconventionally, so there's a lot of things to learn. I have lost plenty of games just by playing an extra monster, and then I'm forced to attack with it. A monster with 500 attack hitting into a defense, and I lose. That just happens sometimes. And you're going to be taking damage... Because you are forced to attack with those weaker monsters. Um, you could use Burei to flip them in defense. Or um, you also take less damage when you're hit. Because those monsters flip to defense occasionally. And your opponent doesn't know. So they're hitting into a defense monster. Um, mm-hmm. Sequencing into tutoring is very important. So sometimes it's like managing resources for this turn versus the next turn. So usually the play is merchant into merchant. You want to get another merchant in your hand. So you could keep the next turn going. Unless you have the one-turn kill, figure it out. Uh, typically, you want to draw your cards and then do the one-turn kill I mentioned before. So that's how card curries work in a nutshell. Nice. Cool. So, uh, the Kawaki Meiru are... I've faced them once or twice. I've seen uh, seen a bit of it and, uh, and read up on it. So, uh, the basic idea is that you... I mean, as we saw just from reviewing the cards, the the idea of Kwaku Meirus generally is that you have uh, monsters that are above their cost, uh, but they have a downside. And usually the downside is you have to either reveal something or discard something at the end of your turn, or the monster is destroyed. And we tried them out when they first came out in Gaia Genesis, but it didn't really work out. And they got a huge addition in the most recent set of Diamond Core Kwaku Meiru that helps them out. And what that card does is it allows them to both tutor for whatever they want and also protects them from being destroyed for a turn, which helps you with combat tricks like widespread ruin or just getting wall of deed into something or, you know, whatever it is. And it negates that downside where you don't have to worry about revealing something or discarding something because your guys aren't going to get destroyed. So uh, that's a very powerful effect. Uh, as we mentioned at the time, tutor effects are always susceptible to being broken. Looks like this one might have gotten there because it's a tutor and more. Um, they also got core reinforcement, which was the reanimation card that we were talking about before, which uh, can be powerful. As we mentioned, in certain lists, it seems like it's more important than others, but you have cards like just all of your Kawaki Merus at the end of turn uh, want you to discard something, and some of those things will be um, other monsters. But mostly the Urn Knight, you use it as part of like your uh, tutor effect for Urn Knight, who's another tutor. So, you know, more than one tutor leads to a lot of consistency. 
but part of the Urnite's cost to activate his skill is that, or his ability effect, let's go with effect, um, is that you have to discard um, a card. So you can do that um, and get it back. And the same with uh, that Kaiba card that we were talking about, which is pretty sweet, just maximizing all the tutor effects. And um, anyway, with those new additions, the deck has a lot of burst and uh, a lot more consistency. So that's nice. We were When we were reviewing the set last week, we thought that perhaps the Kwaki Meiru Rook Lord would try to be the boss monster of the set. Uh, but that was mostly because we kind of forgot about the Maximus from Gaia Genesis. And that is what the deck actually ended up revolving around, which is good. It's a stronger card, um, a lot burstier and a bit bigger. The effect when it goes off um, is roughly equivalent. Um, it is a 3,000 attack, 2,500 defense that can be special summoned by banishing an iron core of Moaki, uh, Meru from your hand. And it lets you destroy one card in your opponent's side of the field per turn, <clears throat> regardless of its position or if it's a spell trap versus a monster. So super versatile removal, as well as just a beat stick that you can frequently get out for essentially for free. Um, the banishing the iron core was a bigger downside before in the old version of the deck because we didn't have the extra um, diamond cores. And so the whole deck kind of revolved around the iron core, so getting rid of one of them was a big uh, big pain for you. But now you're fine with it. And so um, you can go in for OTKs with this 3,000 attacker plus just whatever you normally summon. Uh, or you can just kind of use it for once per turn. You're chipping away at them by your attack is bigger than whatever they're doing and you're clearing their back row or clearing some pesky face down guys or whatever it is. So uh, you can kind of, like we talked about before, depending on how you want to build it and, and how your hand plays out and whatnot, you can be kind of a bursty OTK deck. You can kind of have some mid-range potential or um, or you can just, I don't know, play on whatever um, a little defensively with those extra spells and traps if you have those extra slots. So you can play on whatever um, plane you need to, depending on how you build your deck, how you want it to go, and how you draw. It feels a little bit like um, the Blue Eyes deck in that sense, except um, it has three, maybe more skills. We're already seeing some people running Balance, Last Gamble, and Grit as a couple examples. And uh, so you don't have to run specifically one guy, Arcana, to run it. Um, but the same type of feel where you can run some removal, you can run some comeback mechanics, you can run some uh, burst potential. And uh, it seems like instead of having just a 3,000 attacker, you can have a 3,000 attacker that also destroys the back row. So, hey, that works out nicely for them. And um, once you kind of see the whole picture of all those, it's not too surprising that with multiple tutor effects... Um, some cards that synergize really well, just big guys that you can burst out and also disrupt the back row and your opponent's plans. It's not a huge surprise that it's one of the more powerful decks, uh, at least in its initial showing. And uh, maybe it'll continue to develop and we'll see more of it. Yeah, I'm glad the deck hasn't been completely figured out yet, but I do know this is the deck that everyone is complaining about already. Already, yep. <laughs> yes. We've entered the coin flip meta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem. 
Um, they're definitely calling it a coin flip deck, uh, especially within the mirror matches, right? Right, yeah. Just uh, And the reason why it feels so coin flippy is when you have balance, you have a, like a 50-50 chance of getting specifically the card that you want. Um, if it's one of the spells or monsters, and so, and then the one spell you can use to, uh, so, like, uh, tutor out your other monster. So, it, it's not exactly fifty-fifty, but it definitely feels like, depending on how your balance works out, um, the person with the better balance results ends up winning. And so, I could see how that could get pretty frustrating. I mean, we felt pretty bad about a similar situation with. Uh, other uh, decks in the past where it's just like, okay, well, if you draw your stuff, you win. And if I draw mine, then I do. It it takes away agency, and it makes the game feel not as fun. Like, the choices don't matter if it all comes down to the draw. Uh, but there's a little bit more to it than that. And um, I think probably two tutor effects in the same deck is too many, and I expect at some point, if it continues to be an issue in power level, um, the issue is already there in terms of... Um, people uh, perception of it so if there's a power level and a perception issue then that's usually when you know development teams like to step in because then you're hurting on two fronts um if it's just one issue then sometimes you can let it be for a bit but we'll see uh if we continue to have issues on both fronts though i think that's when you end up maybe getting some nerfs coming but it it still feels really early to talk about that i think people should stop complaining so, we will follow this development in our dueling worlds ourselves. So, yes, yeah, we'll tell you, I'll let you know when people should start complaining. The official, <laughs> the official okay for when it's enough time. Lose your next duel, okay? It's time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, once I actually play some PvP, since I've only played a few games um, since the set came out. Once I lose to it a few more times, then it will be okay, guys. I have beat it enough that I'm not on the complaint train yet. Like, I've just paleozoic Canadian or uh, used um, offerings to the doomed on the first thing I see, and then I win the game sometimes. So I haven't... I'm not there yet. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Yep. So finally, upcoming news. Tag Duel Tournament's coming on the 8th, so only a few more days to wait for that new event. Uh, we're getting Starlight Road uh, along with some other cards. Uh, it's probably be like Yugi, Jaden, and uh, Yusei now. So now they're adding a new step. Epic Yami. Uh, first thing with Yami. First special duel with Yami. Getting their Magician of Dark Illusion. The second anniversary campaign is happening. Hopefully you get a ton of gems from that. Sec- Sector Security is back. New Trudge skill. New Trudge cards as well. We got to obtain Jack Atlas at the end of the month. And finally the Duel-a-thon as well. Nice. Looks like some fun stuff to look forward to. And uh, we'll see how it all goes. Yep. When when Kawaki Meru completely takes over, there's some other stuff to do. Basically, that's what's. <laughs> that's what that's, yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. All right. So thanks for listening to us. Listen and subscribe anywhere: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, YouTube, and Spotify. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Facebook, facebook.com/slash/thedualassessment. Patreon, patreon.com/slash/dual_assessment. Email us with any questions at the dual assessment at gmail.com or better yet, find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger CCG, Deck Tech at HS, Deck Tech. Yep, we love to hear from you guys there and um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>